the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of KDOW or its management owners or advertisers and should not be construed as legal tax or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. And that GDP data is likely to play a very crucial role. So will the Fed lower 25 basis points? Will the Fed lower 50 basis points? Depends on what we learn. Economists expect the U.S. economy to have grown at a 1.8% annual rate during the second quarter, but that's down from a 3.1%, and you can see the deceleration. A couple more quarters of that going negative, and uh-oh, the dirty R word. So most of the analysts that I'm reading right now, and again, take it as a grain of salt, uh, because I could miss one that gets it totally spot on. Nomura sees a bit of a deceleration in GDP growth. Louis Alexander, who's an economist, predicted a 2.1% growth rate for the second quarter. So some people are seeing a little bit of a slowdown. Some people are seeing a market slowdown. And again, what happens there, I think, will determine what the Federal Reserve will do, right? Is that fair? Um, no super big earnings today. We get Halliburton today. And then Steel Dynamics Whirlpool tonight. Tuesday's when it starts to heat up. Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday. And uh, I think it'll be an interesting on Friday. Uh, AbbVie, big pharmaceutical company. They're in a political hot seat right now. Colgate Palm Olive, uh, McDonald's, and Twitter. I'm always fascinated on Twitter at this point in time. I wish I had more time to listen to conference calls and to give you guys nuggets of information. Uh, but I don't. <laughs> so I do best I can. Anyhow, in any way, uh, what else is out there today? There has to be some you know fascinating stories. Eh, okay. Facebook. They've seen an increase in the median number of comments, likes, and ads clicked by users on a service from January through July. Okay, so they're seeing an increased user engagement. And that's despite numerous scandals. What does Mark Zuckerberg have to do to get people to dislike the company? I've started to see more and more uh, backlash against Amazon for sure, right? Um, but Facebook seems to be, no, be able to do no wrong. And that's when you kind of get into this, uh, how shall we say, a bad cycle of believing that nothing will ever go bad. Facebook's had numerous scandals, privacy lapses, services outages. User engagement's been on an upswing, though. Uh, posted comments have risen from 6 to 8 Post liked have risen from 9 to 13. Ads click through from 13 to 17. And this is across the globe as well. So, wow. Is there any chance you saw the Disney film this weekend? And I know you're saying, is, that, is he talking about this weekend? or next? Which one is he talking about exactly? They seem to be just marching them out on a regular basis. You know, maybe sometimes we talk about corporate CEOs and how they – They want to empire build, and they buy other companies. I think it's fair to say Disney did a really, really, really good job. A decade ago, moviegoers were introduced to Tony Stark, and I think he was in nine movies since. So Iron Man snared on its opening weekend $100 million at the box office before going on to garner just under $600 million worldwide. 
Why am I telling you this? Because it's going to be one of the worst mergers or acquisitions of all time. One of the best acquisitions of all time, unless you're the company got acquired. So we've seen 5,000 plus characters offer Disney the ability to do what they do best, and that's make stories. Whether it be Captain America, the first Avenger, Thor, Iron Man 2, the Incredible Hulk, uh, Homecoming, uh, it's been pretty raucous out there. The amount of money that Spider-Man Far From Home, Phase 3, is still doing well. The amount of money that Disney has made from their acquisition of Marvel is grotesque. We all thought that they are fleecing Spielberg and uh, buying Industrial Light and Magic. Did they buy Industrial Light and Magic or did they just buy the Star Wars films? Uh, the films is the better way of saying that. So, um, But... Disney's earned more than $18.2 billion off a purchase for $4 billion. And I'm talking billions there, and that's pretty heavy to think about. Goldman upgraded Micron to buy from neutral. That's important because as we got out of earnings last week, we kind of looked back and we said, what have we learned? And one of the things we learned is that semiconductors in tech should do well in the back half of 2019 based on earnings and expectations from the companies who are reporting. Morgan Stanley raised its price target on Apple to 247 from 231. I've been doing a lot of work on Apple, and uh, it's still a hold for me. But initiate new money only on dips because I think there will be dips, and I think the next big thing for them will be 5G. Uh, services revenues will be good, but they won't be all that in a bucket of chicken. So, consult a broker advisor for taking action on any stocks mentioned on this show. Elsewhere out there, Goldman Sachs, um, their upgrade is it's broad on the semiconductor area. Stitch Fix got an upgrade to buy from hold. Stock has sold off 16% since the beginning of July, so the analyst is saying, hey, the shares look cheap. This might be our opportunity to get in on it. Um, they have healthy average revenue per user growth, and they're continuing to do high-quality client ads, healthy retention. You can find me online at Rob Black Show, Twitter Rob Black Show, YouTube Rob Black Show. Don't be shy. You can also find out more information about us at kdow.biz. It's kdow.biz, but I'm at robblackshow.com. Catch Rob Black and Rob Black and Your Money live on the Bay Area Airwaves weekday mornings from 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW and streaming live on the KDOW radio app or kdow.biz. There's a lot of things that you don't really realize that costs America a lot of money. One of them is how much time we spend in traffic. It kills our productivity, and it burns our gasoline. And you only have so many hours a day of working and relaxing and such. Traffic's a bad one. It saps economic strength. Another one is the associate's associates degree, bachelor's degree. Um, It's costing our labor force right now. It's going to be adding up over the next decade of about $1.2 trillion. Education has historically had the power to unlock your potential or a worker's potential for better job opportunities and higher pay. It's one of the initiatives that made America great was our college system. And right now we're really, really struggling. Millions of job openings are left unfilled because employers can't find suitable candidates. Uh, anything with math and science, you're going to be at a, a very high employment rate in the United States. And it's something to start thinking about as Americans continue to age and labor force participation rates fall off, employers will have you know access to a much smaller pool of workers. So you don't think of it very often, but how many people can fill a job? Super important because it keeps things competitive and it pushes wages higher, which should help you out over time. 
With that being said, it doesn't always work out like that. Elizabeth Warren talked over the weekend, and this is what I worry a little bit about with Wall Street. Sometimes perception becomes reality. Remember how anytime there's consumer confidence numbers come out, and I go, that's kind of a tough one because a lot of people assume the worst or the best. Like, hey, my neighbor just got a McLaren. I bet the economy must be doing really good. Or something along the lines of, hey, I heard my neighbor might be losing their job. And you kind of become optimistic or pessimistic. And you may change the way you feel about the economy from things you hear outside of you. So Elizabeth Warren, she worries me a bit because she's playing some Trump cards, for lack of a better phrase, right? Right now. And one of the things she's saying is, chicken little, sky is falling, sky is falling. Warning lights are flashing. Whether it's this year or next year, the odds of another economic downturn are high and growing. Warren wrote in a post that she uh, blogged on a blogging platform called Medium. This bothers me a bit. Um, she's a very smart woman. And to say that warning signs are flashing, thats there's no doubt. We've had nine years of economic expansion, and a lot of it's been done through the Federal Reserve. And right now we have a Federal Reserve who kind of wants to give themselves more ammo for a bigger issue down the road other than just a slowing U.S. economy. But they're coming around. Uh, but Warren says the country's economic foundation is fragile. A single shock could bring it all down, and the Trump administration's reckless behavior is increasing the odds of such a shock. So says Elizabeth Warren. Now, first and foremost, you know that she's trying to get elected, and people tend to vote for their checkbook. But she's also right. Uh, economic recessions are normal things, and we're way overdue for one. It's kind of like saying down the road of, you know, hey, California's going to get another big earthquake. Yeah, they are. Um, tell me when, and you make some big money kind of thing. Anyway, uh, some of Warren's policies that she's proposing is things like the government should cut household debt by canceling $50,000 in student loans for most families, raise the minimum wage to 15 an hour, strengthen the power of unions, uh, very social programs, which you can't say are evil, but to fund them, they'll come at the price of profits, and that could hurt some capitalism. Um, and that's as far as I'm going to talk capitalism and socialism today. For a fight you need to go elsewhere, I'm not going to give it to you for absolutely free. Uh, Equifax has settled their 2017 data breach. Uh, when you see this story and you hear $600 million, that's just, it doesn't make any sense to you and me. When it happened, it was particularly egregious because they keep, they're the people who determine our credit score. And now, we have to watch our credit history. So there's some irony there, right? Um, but it's really important that you get some sort of password manager and or that you change your passwords on a regular basis and or you really monitor where your money is and to make sure you're not being defrauded. Uh, at one point in time, I looked up at my Amazon account and someone from New York was sending themselves you know, packages. And uh, if I didn't catch it, it could have gone on for years, Right. So kind of super important that on occasion you act like an adult and potentially uh, review everything that you got. AMC. This is one of those companies that we thought, it's one of those story stocks that is easy to tell the story, but it, you could be wrong. Uh, a couple years ago, people were getting bigger TVs, people were getting sound bars, people were getting bigger TVs, and people were getting bigger sound bars. And people stopped going to the movies. Uh, dramatically. And we started seeing things like MoviePass, where people wanted to get a value 
and see as many movies as they can in a month. Otherwise, you know, they're blowing their whole you know month's budget on one film these days. So AMC shares are down 17% year to date. And one analyst says they could climb as high as 87%. When you hear that, you're like, that's offensive. That's a big call. But they say, wait, they've had big blockbusters like Disney's Avengers, um, breaking the stock record, not stock records, but breaking records, which benefits the theaters from those movies isn't as powerful as it used to be, but it does bring more people and you're getting companies like Netflix producing their own content. So content, um, you're kind of seeing some negatives, right? For the AMC movie theaters, but one analyst has an 87% upside on it. And she says, despite the recent sell-off spurred by lower box office receipts, falling consensus earnings expectations, disruption from the company's new subscription loyalty plan, it's created an attractive entry point. I'm sorry, but you really, really need to convince me to buy into a stock, a single stock like an AMC, because whether it be people are watching more stuff on their phones or Disney's new product coming out later this year, the Disney Plus services uh, versus Netflix services, I'm not saying people are going to go to theaters less and less, but they really, they're doing everything. They're, they're putting in recliners, they're putting in food, they're, they're, they're the weight service. It's it's not my industry because it's it's just too much of a disruptive area, disrupted area that continues to get disrupted. It hasn't settled down yet. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial. You can find me online at Rob Black Show, Twitter Rob Black Show, YouTube Rob Black Show. Don't be shy. Pick up the phone. Give me a call. 800-516-1220. You get your calls on the air. China Eyes planned to buy soybeans. You, you, you know who's had a tough year this year? Farmers. They've been hit by a triple whammy. First whammy was the spring rain. Second whammy was the Trump trade wars. Third whammy, the heat wave that's hitting right now. But the Chinese government's in discussion with the United States to potentially start buying soybeans to boost their plan uh, from what they're currently buying. So that's a goodwill gesture towards Washington. Uh, I don't necessarily think this is the end of the trade war, but the farmers have had a rough, rough year this year. And I, I certainly would like, I certainly think that they're pleased with us. I own no investment in agricultural soybeans because these stories aren't easy to, uh, how shall we say, produce when you need them to. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial money, investing more. Find me online at robblackshow.com. Want the podcast with music? Find the link to the other version of the podcast by going to Rob Black's Twitter. His handle is at Rob Black Show. Listen to Rob Black and Your Money weekday mornings, 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. I saw a story in USA Today where a man was hit by a freak wave, father of six, hit by a wave, falls down, hits his head on the sand, and breaks his neck and dies. Uh, we're all going to go. We don't know when. That's why we have to talk about insurance. There's life insurance and disability insurance. There's health insurance. You don't know when you're going to be needing radiation. That's expensive. You don't know when, because you've had radiation, you're too weak to go to, back to work for another six months, so you need disability. And you don't know when you're just going to get hit by a wave and die. So I would go with the term life, 10 to 20 times your salary to start any salary that's important to the family is is insured as well. If you're two household income and one of them dies, uh, you want time to mourn your partner. That's one of the reasons you have life insurance is to replace their income, but also to uh, not put a hole in your family per se. 
So term life is the way I've gone. Uh, it's the way most financial planners that I know have gone. Um, I don't know one financial planner who's gone whole life or variable life insurance. Um, just so you know. I don't know any person worth money. I think that's a good thing to say. Um, CFP Chad Burton is in the industry. Let's talk to Mr. Burton about some of the financial planning questions of the day. Now, certified financial planner, Chad Burton. Let's welcome in CFP Chad Burton. Chad Burton is a certified financial planner with newfocusfinancial.com. Expenses in retirement significantly impact your retirement cash flow. Some studies studies suggest that retirement expenses may be 60 to 80% of your current expenses. I don't know if I trust any of these studies because we all differ like golden clay. Those studies are ridiculous. I don't know if they've ever looked at anybody when they actually retire. From my experience, people spend more money the first five years of retirement than when they were working. Now, every, almost every single time. Is it fair to say that age 60 to 70 in retirement, your expenses, you should probably count on 100% of what you're doing while you're working? Or maybe it's, it's typically more. Okay, you think it's more? Okay, because what happens when you retire, and I've, I've said this so many times on the air, I know, but it, still, people have to be aware. When you're working, you get your health insurance paid for. Right. When you turn 65, you have to sign up for Medicare. Medicare Part A is free. Medicare Part B costs you over 115 bucks a month, but it's still not enough. So you need supplemental insurance, you need prescription drug coverage, and you need long-term care protection as well on top of those costs. So you have to figure five to $700 a month per person in retirement. You have to figure your expenses for your vacations. And a lot of retired people are now having to help their kids, Rob, because the unemployment rate coming out of college is, is, is a little bit too high. Um, and you should focus on that now too. If you're, you know, 40 years old planning for your kid's college education and they come to you and they want to major in philosophy yep. and you're going to send them to a high college cost for that, you are wasting your money because they're going to just be living on your couch or in your basement again. So, so beware of that. Having a budget is critically important. And let me explain how boring having a budget is. You have housing costs, garden, home repair, home insurance, landscaping, property taxes, rent. Uh, telephone, utilities, waste disposal. You have transportation, bus, gas, insurance, license, parking, repairs, vehicle payment. You've got food and beverages, groceries, beverages, restaurants, personal work, appliances. You got clothing, you got entertainment, you got education, you got gifts that you want to give, medical and dental, obligations like child support, um, postage, life insurance, disability insurance, credit cards. You've got personal care like haircuts. Most people don't think of everything that you have to budget. And in retirement, you got no more, you're not going back to work. So it's critically important that you have a detailed budget that includes pets. If you got a dog or cat in retirement and the dog gets sick, that's a couple thousand dollars sometimes. You, I can't even start an investment portfolio plan for a person unless I know approximately what they're spending. Right. Because cash is king. Right. All right. So use the stupid term cash is king for any portfolio. And when you're younger, minimum of six months of expenses in your emergency reserves. If you're in like a, the tech industry sales where people jump jobs all the time yeah. or the healthcare sales industry where every two to three years they're working somewhere else, um, a lot of times we'll have those families have at least a year. But when you're retired, it's key that you have three years worth of expenses. And so I have to figure out how much I have to carve out of the rest of the portfolio to keep in cash outside of management. And then I can go based on how long somebody's going to live, what they need for expenses, and figure out how much they need in stocks, bonds, commodities, and real estate. Um, but the expenses, like you know, those long-term projections and a good financial plan. Also, in retirement, you have to have a very good detailed income plan, a spreadsheet that you can look at that says year over year over the next ten years where 
is my money going to come from? Which accounts am I going to be drawing from in retirement? Yeah. I can do that as long as I know what the expenses are. And that's key because you want to be comfortable in retirement and knowing where your dollar is going to come from out of which accounts. Because people are retiring with Ross, IRAs, 401ks, taxable accounts. And it gets confusing. Which one do I draw from first? And a comfortable retirement is, is one where you're very aware of where the money's going to come from. A couple expenses that may actually decrease in retirement. I've tried to think of them because we're going with a negative on increases. But your taxes probably will go down. If you do it right, yeah. Your um, move to a state that has lower tax bracket, and it will. Or move to a state that has no sales tax, and it will. Um, the mortgage probably paid off. That's an expense that should go down in retirement. Mm-hmm. Um, what else would there be? Maybe a reverse mortgage where you could actually start drawing capital from your home and you're actually paying yourself instead of... You see where I'm trying to go with this? Yeah. So, you know, if we hit these one at a time... Um, the taxes that go down. If you do your income planning right, you can maintain a lower tax bracket in retirement. Okay. The problem is the people spend all their cash first and then their taxable accounts and then they hit their IRAs. And at 70 and a half, you're forced to pull a certain money out of your IRA accounts whether or not you want to. Except so you, Roth. You can have your Roth go total. Right. Roth, Roths don't have that minimum credit distribution. So people need to make sure that they're pulling, they, they look at their IRAs right from the start and pull enough out to maintain that 15% federal bracket from the beginning. That way they can have a, a low level bracket for their entire lifetime rather than just put off the withdrawals forever. So that's how you have to deal with, with that scenario. Um, other expenses that go down, it's really things like, you know, dry cleaning because you're not working anymore. Okay. Eating out should go down. Um, hopefully, but, hopefully your children's education costs have gone down. Right. Right. Otherwise, you're making babies at way too late of life. <laughs> Anything else that we need to know about uh, managing your cash flow in retirement? Well, no, it, it, again, it's you know, unfortunately, a lot of people go to a financial advisor. Yep. And if they're not asking you those detailed questions or requiring it as part of a comprehensive financial plan, and then they give you some basic boilerplate plan, and at the end of it says buy this annuity or this insurance product, you know you're going the wrong direction. There you go. It has to be personalized and tailored. Yep. And they have to actually get to know you. Because like, if you have a special needs kid, I mean, there's just so many curveballs that could come up, and you don't want to see that. But anyway, you get the idea. I've been speaking with CFP Chad Burton. It's Certified Financial Planner Chad Burton. You can find him online at newfocusfinancial.com. So on Friday, I like talking with Chad. He gives us a perspective on some financial planning issues. But on Friday, as I was picking up some retirement issues, Fidelity has what's called the Retirement Analysis Report. And by reading it, you would think that the average American is doing okay when it comes to retirement. But I think we all view the same situation differently. We could see our you know, uncle who just inherited $100,000. Wow, he's rich. Or we could say, well, where he lives is expensive, so that's not a lot of money. Or we could say, well, he'll just blow it because he's drunk or what have you. We all view money differently. So when you hear a number... The average 401k balance, it rose to $103,700. That sounds good. That's an increase from $95,600 in the fourth quarter of last year. The average IRA balance hit $107,100. That's a 9% increase from last quarter. That's great. But it's not a lot when you start looking at numbers in retirement, you know. Anyone who is well-versed in statistics will tell you that when a population's average exceeds its median by an order of magnitude, as in the Vanguard study on retirement account size, then you're dealing with you know a positive skew. So Jeff Bezos and any 99 retirement savers with no IRAs or 401k are billionaires in terms of net worth, you know? 
it, it depends on how you skew these this data. In the end, I want you to have 10 to 20 times your income set aside for retirement, not Social Security, excluding your inheritance, excluding all that stuff, because sometimes inheritances don't come. I've seen people assume that they're going to you know, uh, get mom and dad's house, only to find out that when mom died, dad remarried, and now the new wife gets the house. I've seen it happen numerous times in the Bay Area, where the kids get basically, uh, how we say, uh, divorced out of a, a inheritance, or perhaps you would say the new wife or the new beau. You see how that's working. Anyhow, Equifax is paying $650 million for a data breach. Uh, skills gap in the United States is going to cost us more and more money down the road. If you're sending your kid off to college to be like a, a poet, maybe even a theater major, I'm not knocking those industries. Just they're not the bang for your buck for your college education doesn't exactly regurgitate itself back for what you put into in a lot of degrees. And it's something we need to think about. Oh, Alex Rodriguez. Anytime I see Alex Rodriguez on um, anything non-baseball, I go, Oh no, he's going to say something. He's going to try to say something smart. And one thing I do like a lot about Alex Rodriguez, if you know, mama's always said, if you can't say something nice, don't say anything at all. He is uh, a super wealthy man, and he's trying to help other athletes stay super wealthy. Um, and he talks about that, you know, about the fancy cars, about the big homes, about things that you need in the future, and talking about saving 10% of your baseball money or sports money as mandatory. Uh, he talks about bankruptcy, so good for him. So I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. You can find me online at Rob Black Show, Twitter, Rob Black Show, YouTube, Rob Black Show. Questions, thoughts, prayers, let me know. I'm around. I'm Rob Black. Don't forget, there's another hour of today's show to listen to. Find it now at kdow.biz or on the KDOW radio app. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial. A lot of things that you see in media can instantly translate into investment ideas or concepts, right? Iran is going to execute members of an alleged CIA-trained spying network. Um, over the weekend, Iran said, we've caught, I think, 17 U.S. CIA spies, and we see that they're trying to train people inside of our own country. And ultimately, they say, those people are going to die. And that could push the price of oil higher. We also saw Iran seize a British tanker, oil tanker. Those are both acts of war on some levels, right? The middle is can get kind of funky. Now, big companies do business uh, in the Middle East. You know, companies like Nestle sell a lot of bottled water, and I would say it's not as important to the United States as, say, China and Europe is. So, the business ramifications is not huge. The political uncertainty and, like, you know. Do you remember when Iran was selling, uh, throwing Scud missiles or what have you at Israel and, you know, blah, blah, blah. The news was pretty crazy, pretty intense. Um, we're not there, but it was pretty dramatic to the price of oil and international flights, for instance. 800-516-1220 to get your calls in the air. One of the signs, one of those stories that you see on occasion that scars you, that you don't even know that it scars you, scars me. In the 1920s, Americans borrowed pennies. They bought stocks, penny stocks, and they borrowed to pay off the balance on them, betting the price would go up. So they did a lot of margin. Really? A heavy, how shall we say, leverage. In the mid-2000s, banks made very questionable loans to what were subprime borrowers. 
or what you could say like no doc or low income getting a oversized loan. And a lot of people are like, well, I'll just hold the house for two years and cash out and make 150000 And sometimes that worked. But ultimately saw the collapse in 2008 because of all the bad loans we'd put together for years and years before that. So one of the things that I saw that kind of bothered me, both of those are examples where leverage led to a financial crisis. Last week, there was a story about WeWork co-founder Adam Newman offloading hundreds of millions of dollars in WeWork stock. The problem with this is that for me, and again, this isn't a problem necessarily to you, he's borrowed against his equity before his company is even public. And when you start doing crazy borrowing schemes uh, and you don't know when the next recession hits, it's never, you know, the reason's never known. It's always something like a shock to the system, like high oil tied towards Iran. So I don't like seeing these stories where people are borrowing excessive amounts of money. Again, uh, a friend of mine has a McLaren, and he just parked it right next to a Bugatti. And I'm just like, this is crazy. People are borrowing or people are spending large sums of money on silly things. So when you see a CEO do stock sales before a company goes public, it just it makes me a little bit nervous. Um, it's not like the founder doesn't deserve it. It's not like our co-founder. It's not like you know he may want to purchase stock options, pay taxes, uh, fund a philanthropic foundation that he can't wait to do. Maybe he wants to buy property. Um, so I'm not upset that a CEO does it, but when you do it before you're public, it's just we're kind of stealing from Peter to pay Paul, or we're we're leveraging what we can, and I'm a little bit nervous by that. That's out there. Amazon's hired a big gun over the weekend. This was a little bit of work for me to try to figure out who this guy is. And just looking through some of the filings that Amazon had to do when they hired him, it's tied towards Amazon Web Services and getting a lobbyist in Washington, D.C., so towards the Secretary of the Senate. Um, it's interesting to me that, again, you look at Amazon, you think they sell books, but they're also lobbying Congress to get their ways or to get their influence or at least to have some of the regulations cut down. That's always kind of the thought there. Everyone knows the website Tinder, but did you know Match, Netflix, and Spotify sidestepping uh, uh, paying costs to Google and Apple? Tinder's joined a growing backlash of these big app companies who are bypassing Google Play as they're doing everything they can to get you to log in with other services so that they don't have to pay Google or Apple. I think there's a, th- a thought there of, is there a shift of power? If you take a look at what's happened in the NBA in the last two or three seasons with stars basically saying, I want a super team and you know let's negotiate amongst ourselves and not let the teams trade us. Or, it's kind of interesting to watch. So match group shares spiked 5% when an analyst published a note saying, you know, um, it's an incredibly high margin business for... Google bringing in billions of dollars. And when people get on Tinder with Google or Tinder with Apple, and suddenly you're paying for upgrades, and Apple and Google are getting a good 30% of that. It's a big profitable business considering that all they have to do is host the app and then yell at the app makers to, to make it better. So you're starting to see big apps sidestep, whether it be Netflix or Match or Spotify. Um, and they're the they're kind of the big cash players. Anyhow, Facebook is a big winner in Democrats' 2020 presidential debates. 
Are you paying attention to the debate yet? Is that something you care about? Because <laughs> I know a lot of people burn off on it. Uh, but the Democratic National Committee, these debate qualification rules are driving social media frenzy right now. And presidential campaign, Democratic presidential campaigns for 2020, uh, they're securing millions and they're throwing Facebook ads everywhere. And you know, these guys are also criticizing Facebook, and yet they're throwing their ad dollars heavily into Facebook. Pretty interesting, right? And they're also calling on uh, these technologies to help fund their future put back cash into those companies by not regulate them or regulate them. It's a vicious cycle. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial. You can find me online at Rob Black Show, Twitter Rob Black Show, YouTube Rob Black Show. Um, big story of the day is it's earnings season. The debt ceiling and budget deal are near final for the next two years. That would be kind of nice, taking us through an election season at least, right, without the government not running out of money. You can find me all on it at Rob Black Show, Twitter Rob Black Show. I'm Rob Black. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.